Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm joined by Greg and Chris. Hello guys. Evening. Hello. Hello. Alright, did you listen to the recording last week? What did you think of my editing? Oh. What editing? Phone it in. <laughs> I've not even got the new intro. It'll be the same again this week. Did you even hit the magic button? I was, I was actually, I'm sure I had pauses. <laughs> oh no, I hit the magic button. I liked what you said on Twitter. You said something along the lines of how, how quickly I can batter one out. <laughs> oh aye. It'll be out again this tonight. We finish at ten PM. Podcast, you mean? Uh, <laughs> podcast. Finish at ten PM. I'll have it out by half past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pressure. It's like every other Monday. <laughs> free view, half hour. <laughs> I thought it was a ten-minute free view, Greg. <laughs> if you press pause, it lasts half an hour. Ah, it's always. <laughs> you don't want to get down to that countdown. Yeah. Not that I would know. There's a countdown once you get there. Oh, right. Sky Plus it. Right, we'll get we'll get any football. We'll have the the Television X podcast straight after. Right, we've got loads of SPL games. We've got midweek and ones at the weekend there. The SFL, I'll talk about that. And again, I'll probably mostly talk about Rangers and maybe have a wee sing song with Chris. Then we've got loads of SPL games coming up during the week. Also got Scottish Cup this weekend. Charity bet. And we'll predict the SPL as well. And I'll, I'll have a wee plug for the forum. But we'll start off, I guess, with the SPL. And we're going all the way back to Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday night at sunny Fur Park. Well, I'm sure it wasn't sunny at 7.45 kick-off. But, you know, uh, Jackie McNamara took his Dundee United team to try and bounce back for getting hit for six by Celtic. And it took just 17 minutes to do just that as Johnny Russell got the only goal of the game. Of course, the home crowd were there to see the return of James McFadden. Uh, and he got their wish after 73 minutes when the prodigal son himself came off the bench. However, he couldn't prevent the sides from their first home defeat of 2013. And that one moved United up to eighth. In the other game that night, Celtic were visiting Perth to play St. Johnson. And it was a pretty decent first half for Celtic. I'm not going to call it the best under Lennon, like Neil did. Oh, he but, was uh, loving it. <laughs> it did only manage to produce a single goal for an F.A. Ambrose header. But that gave St Johnson a bit of impetus to press on, and they had two free kicks floated into the area, which were both knocked into the net and both rolled out for offside. The first of which was tight at best, the second one was even close. But uh, eventually, the equaliser did come through a wonderful finish for Nigel Hasselbank. But despite that setback, the result of Fourth Park might actually stretch their lead at the top to 19 points. And for St Johnson, that's three games undefeated in the league against Celtic, with a win and two draws to their name. It's only the, the League Cup 5-0 cuffing at Celtic Park uh, takes away for that. But that's not bad going. Three games out of three, yep. not one win for Celtic. So we'll move on to the weekend games and we'll start at Tynecastle, where uh, it was a repeat of the recent League Cup semi-final as Inverness travelled to Edinburgh to try and avenge that defeat in penalties. And uh, Gary Warden got the a header from a set-piece to give Inverness a lead after 15 minutes in an otherwise quiet first half. But then it was a wonderful bit of individual skill from Jason Holt to rival the game for the hosts before Billy McKay headed uh, off a couple of Hearts defenders to restore the lead. It was in a deflected shot for Andy Webster following some head tennis from a disputed corner, shall we say, that levelled the game for a second time, but Kelly would not be denied for a fourth game against Hearts this season and Warren restored the lead for a third time just three minutes after the second equaliser. Shane Sutherland really should have made a fourth after he robbed Mahatty, but uh, his finish was absolutely dire and he blazed it over the bar. But still, that's the end of a six-game no-win run for Inverness, which moves him back up to second. And we'll come to why you later on. Uh, and Hearts are looking a little detached from the rest of the pack, although they're still nowhere near Dundee. Um, down at Rugby Park, Aberdeen were the visitors, and uh, their goal scoring has uh, dried up a little at times, and this game was no different as he still struggled to put the ball in it. Uh, there was a motion effort that somehow stayed out, which I can only assume was by the force. But uh, nevertheless, Aberdeen did manage to get uh, the lead, thanks to uh, somebody. I seem to have screwed up my Aberdeen notes here. Aberdeen had fallen. He'd done a wee lob into the far corner. Is that what it was? Right, OK. Well, Only the second of the season, according to the commentator. You want to finish this off, because obviously your notes are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in that game, uh, the only other thing I mentioned really was, well, I mentioned a couple of things. Langfield took a, he tried to catch a corner and dropped it on the back of Heffernan, and the ball bounced out wide, and then McGinn getting booked. After oh, getting I, taken I, out by Cammy Bell, which I thought there was definite contact from that. That was 
that was the second penalty shoot for him because the first one when he was filled was given for handball because as he was falling over it hit his hand despite the fact he was pulled back but the the, the second one was an absolute shocker uh, again no penalty and even a booking for a dive which I, I thought was outrageous didn't even make the most of it when he was brought down he, he just he was filled that's it didn't, as simple it, as that he didn't <laughs> it, there was no simulation at all he just he was filled and knocked over yeah he didn't have much chance that was a problem yeah Ah well, one each, share the spoils, and three points to predictor for me. Right, back into where my notes actually tell us the story. <laughs> we'll go up to Dingwall, where Motherwell were the visitors, and uh, became the latest team to suffer from a rejuvenated Ivan Sproul as they opened the score in the first half. Motherwell did create a few chances in the game, but never really troubled the goalkeeper with any of them. Uh, basically, shots that missed or were kind of pass backs effectively. County always looked more threatening and claimed a penalty when Sam Morrow went down in the area, which looked soft at best, to be honest. In the end, it didn't matter as Richie Britton doubled the county's lead before Ian Vigers finished off a game late on. With, so the 3-0 win took county up to 5th in the league, just three points behind their Highland rivals Inverness. And then in a the final game on Saturday, it was uh, St Mirren visiting St Johnson, and the game that always confuses Laurie. Uh, it was an entertaining game, and the major turning point in the first half was Steve McLean booking Steve McLean. Seriously, it was for a dive. <laughs> Steve McLean being the player, Steve McLean being the, the referee. It did look like a dive to me. It was aye, I think it was probably right. Uh, the second half saw St Mirren dispute a corner, so obviously that wasn't the only happening in the Hearts game. And uh, yet again, it wasn't defended well enough. The corner came in, bobbled about the penalty area, and was finally bundled over the line by Rowan Vine for the only goal of the game, and giving St Johnson four points out of six for the week. So moving on to Sunday, it was uh, the lunchtime kickoff between Celtic and Dundee as top vet played bottom. And uh, Dundee actually had the ball in the net after just six minutes, but the Gary Harkins free kick was ruled out after John Baird had ran across Fraser Foster's line. Uh, although he didn't touch it, he was still interfering with play. And six minutes later, it got worse for Dundee as an Emilio Azagiri cross was badly dealt with, uh, with Ab Douglas and Joe Ledley's follow-up was easy to open the scoring. Celtic were kept at bay for the rest of the first half and Dundee did create a few chances himself, even managing to hit the bar. But then it all went wrong in the second half when Mark Lockwood came on as a, a, a half-time substitution before getting sent off three minutes later for fouling Gary Hooper as he stopped the goal-scoring opportunity. James Forrest then scored the result in penalty and the ten men had it all to do. Goal three for Celtic came from a, a good Anthony Stokes cross which Dal McGee guided in the net with his head. Goal four was widely second and Hooper rounded off the scoring late on after another good move. And, uh, one touch to control, one touch to blast it past Douglas. So that one moved Celtic 21 points clear of Inverness and leaves Dundee still 15 points adrift at the bottom. And with 11 games left for Dundee, uh, 11 games left for the likes of Inverness and Motherwell, uh, it's kind of looking a wee bit decided in the SPL. Nevertheless, there's still plenty to uh, play for in the rest the other places between the uh, 2nd and 11th. Uh, Dundee United and Hibernian both chasing the, the, a top six finish at, at worst uh, at Tannadice who played each other. And it was an absolutely calamitous start for Hibs as Ben Williams blasted a pass back off John Rankin in his own net. But uh, Hibs did come back into the game well and were level when Lee Griffiths' free kick was glanced into the net by James McPake as Chernick came out and missed entirely. <laughs> Not the greatest of uh, games from the goalkeeper so far. And if anything, Jernak was then at fault again as Hibs took the lead through us in the second half through an, a, a terrific Griffiths run and strike. But uh, maybe the keeper should have done better with it. I agree. But United are never finished, especially at home. And uh, they levelled the game with just a few minutes to go thanks to Johnny Russell penalty. But the award itself was a bit of dispute because Ryan McGovern appeared to clap Gary McKay Stephen just outside the box not inside so, uh, that penalty was uh, finished off points shared and uh, everything's very tight in the SPL apart from top and bottom uh, I think since you mentioned that last there the, the penalty when McKay Stephen was t- taken out I'll use that term just uh, it's a bit an obvious term to use but I don't know I thought McKay Stephen was looking for the penalty Oh, he was looking for it. I don't like, think there's any doubt he was looking for he it. Because I think McGivern put the foot out and then almost tried to drop it, but it was already kind of quite low down, so it was, wasn't really much to go. And yeah. Gary McGuire even just went over it. He could, but it was daft because like, 20 seconds earlier there'd been a foul in exactly the same position on Johnny Russell, which looked a lot more of a, a contact than the one that uh, McGivern had on. Mackay Stephen, but that was uh, played on, so I don't know if that was playing in the, the referee's mind. The trouble is, neither of them were inside the box. So it was never going to be a penalty either way, and yet it was obviously a linesman. Over. The linesman should have overruled the 
the referee, but I guess it takes guts to do that, and sometimes they're told not to do it as well. Ah, he's Because the ref's the boss. Yep, the ref thinks it's a penalty, and he's no interest in listening to his linesman, then what chance have you got? Aye, in that game as well, when Rankin scored with his bum, I thought it was a, it was a poor effort at trying to uh, do what Lukaku did the day before in the Premier League. Did you see that? It's a similar incident. They were, uh, he was running for the, the ball with the keeper, but the keeper blasted it and it hit off Lukaku's running foot. And it was, it was one of the hardest shots you'll ever see. Lukaku knew nothing off it, but it went in. <laughs> but it was, a bit, it was a bit nicer than Rankin's. It seemed to hit off his bum or his back and go in. Uh, see, John Rankin isn't one of these players that believes in uh, not celebrating against your former team when you score. Because he, he really seemed to enjoy that opening goal. He seemed quite uh, intent celebrating, mate. I can only assume it was some sort of bald steward or something. He'd picked one guy to celebrate with. It was almost in the crowd. I'm never sure about this when they don't celebrate. Ronaldo was at it against Man United in the Champions League, wasn't he? And he just kind of, right, you've scored a goal. Surely that's the aim of the game, to score a goal for your team, and you don't celebrate. Like, are you really trying 100% if you're not, if you're thinking like that? I'm just... Well, I suppose if you've put the ball in the net, you've done your job, so... Aye. Comes to it, that's the important part, whether you celebrate it or not. Yeah, I'm sure you can celebrate in other ways. You mentioned uh, celebration, ranking celebration. What about uh, Vine with crawling? <laughs> that's about an old school one. I've seen that in a while. Ah, it's been a while. But uh, I, I can't really think of any decent celebrations I've seen in a while. There was a couple of guys on match of the day I seen. Uh, was it for Norwich? I think it was, or maybe. I didn't see all they the seem, games on they, that. They, it's always, it's always sort of like coordinated celebrations you seem to see these days where like two or three players all do the same kind of dance so. Aye, I'm not really that's, into that and that's the worst ones any, any time there's any thought given to your celebration it's generally a bad idea if you're sitting there talking to one of your teammates saying do you know what we should do if I score you generally shouldn't have done the dogs you're going to end Aye. up looking like a pudding Nah, it could be worse you could do the robot like Kyle Lafferty used to do <laughs> I liked it when he had his wee can of beer that he drank <laughs> No, I always find it embarrassing when you think about like when somebody scores a landmark goal, maybe the hundredth goal or whatever, and they've got a t-shirt on underneath their strip. How long are they wearing that t-shirt? Getting <laughs> 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 it made special, and then you don't score. It's the kind of thing you'd need to hide it for go your through, teammates. Uh, go through a gold route and you keep putting it on. <laughs> in fact, it was messy. He had uh, there was rumours that he was going to have a dummy tit in his and his sock against Celtic. Oh, yeah. But right. he had a picture of it in the game before, but he didn't score. And then he ended up scoring, but it was quite late on. And I think he just sucked his thumb rather than getting the dummy out, because I just don't <laughs> think it really, it was the right time for him to be celebrating. Aye. Right, well, we're talking about all these offside goals that Celtic got chalked off. Well, the opposition that Celtic were playing got aye, chalked off. Celtic, aye. There's going to be DVDs, there's going to be clarification aye, be... sort, definitely. Because right, we need this clarified, right? As far as I can tell, the St. Johnson first one was marginally offside, but uh, it's very difficult for me to see because the one camera angle I've seen isn't that great. <laughs> Same here, yeah. Right. The second one isn't even close, but it could be a case of mistaken identity because there was a guy offside, but it wasn't the guy who went for the, uh, that won the header. It was uh, he, he appeared to move towards the ball, which makes me think that's what the linesman's flagged for, yep. which is harsh at best. And then obviously there's a Dundee one where John Baird runs in front of Fraser Forster's vision, which he was offside, never touched the ball, and he is interfering. So what's the difference between Baird going towards the ball and not getting it, and the St. Johnson player in the second one going towards the ball and not getting it? Yeah. The one is interfering, the one isn't. Well, there's your clarification. Aye, see, there's the rule says that you're offside if you're uh, nearer to the opponent's goal line, for example, if you're you're just ahead of them. Uh, and then you end up touching the ball, right? Yeah. Okay, that's you interfering with play. But then there's also interfering with an opponent. Now, it's not what you're thinking, Greg. This, is... <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't involve actually touching the ball. This is just being in the opponent's <laughs> line of vision, or you make a movement or making a gesture which, in the opinion of the referee, deceives or distracts an opponent. So the one on for Dundee, although he didn't touch the ball, you can imagine that he did distract Forster because he's yeah. expecting a touch. That's, yeah. that's how I see right. that anyway. So my argument would be that the St. Johnson second uh, one that was chalked off, the attacker that's offside that moves towards the ball is deceiving the entire Celtic defence. Yep. You, so technically he's offside and is interfering with play. You could, you could argue that, yeah. 
I guess that's why attackers often make quite a, a quite a gesture to say, look, I'm not getting the ball. Maybe they put their hands in the air or so on. Maybe that's so that they're they're not deceiving or distracting the defence. Yeah, the, yeah the, the players that make it clear they're not taking part and know they're offside tend to get away with it. Yeah. But I mean, th- th- this isn't even a new problem because th- I remember Rud van Nistelrooy for Man United. That's so far back we're going. He used to stand offside at free kicks and then he'd either move up at the last second, which is fair enough because it's before the ball's hit, yeah. or occasionally he'd stay where he was but not move and then he'd get the ball in the second phase because someone would flick it onto him and by that point he's onside. Because he hasn't moved, he's not at the field of play and therefore was fine. Yeah, yeah, I think Kelly did it earlier in the season. They had a they set up a wall that was basically blocking the keeper's view. But you're right, they moved just like just before the ball was hit. So <laughs> you can't be offside if the ball's not in play. Uh, it's very but, awkward, this, isn't it? It's, it's, it's frustrating when you're watching it on the TV and you hear Neil McCann talking about it, and he was saying that Forster had a, a good view of the ball. That's that's not really what comes into it. It's whether you're distracted. Yeah. by the attacker coming in. It's not whether you can see the ball, it's not whether the guy's directly in your eye line. Uh, no, if, he, if he's in your peripheral vision and he appears to be moving towards where the ball's going to be, he's in the field. Yeah, although Foster didn't seem to claim for it, he seemed to be in the net and just seemed to be accepting that he was beaten, he was embarrassed. Aye, I think he was too busy being embarrassed <laughs> to even bother about it. <laughs> there you go, though. we've just had a three-four minute discussion on possible possible outcomes. You've got a lines from the referee that have got, what, two seconds to make that decision? Yeah, exactly. Based on everything we've just spoke about. Yep. Plus trying to watch a line, plus trying to watch everything else. And huffing and puffing oh, as well. Aye. Huffing yeah, and puffing. I mean, there's your hard bit. Just watching the line itself means, yep. means you end up needing about three eyes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Aye, that's it. They, they, they work out how to use their eyes independently like a chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> they've overcomplicated over, over what used to be a pretty simple ruling. I think it's doing them any favours. No, I think it's I think it's a good decision to have this rule the way it is, Greg. It's just it's you not very so? often that it's it's like this. No, I think it's good because you could be offside and not interfering. Loads of times you see it. That it's, it's good if it's, well. it's good if it's accurately enforced. See, it's I think it's not any good if it's open to debate. I think in this instance, yeah, I think it is open to debate. I think that somebody could come on and quite rightly argue that the goal should have stood for mm-hmm. Dundee. So maybe in that respect, but there's loads of rules that are open to debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest, I think it all goes against the spirit of offside anyway. Offside's there to stop primarily poaching. Correct. <laughs> and none of these these situations are anything to do with poaching. They're all set pieces. They're all marginal decisions, and they're all chalked off goals, which, to be honest, at the end of the day, that's what we're to see. Now, if it had been somebody standing in the six-yard box when everybody else was standing outside the 18-yard box, fair enough. <laughs> Did you see the video that I posted on the forum? Uh, or no, maybe it wasn't me. I posted a video of Ronaldinho <laughs> and he was getting a drink of the goalie's water, out his water bottle. And then, because he was hanging about near the goalkeepers, it was a throw-in for his team and they'd done a long throw-in to him and he was inside the 18-yard box, got the ball. Obviously, he can't be offside from a throw-in. And then I think he passed it to somebody to score. It was very cheeky. The keeper would have been raging because they were almost like Acknell Pally sharing a spot of water. Uh, It's always fair and level war in football. Uh, It's on the forum if you search for Ronaldinho. But uh, aye, it's it's decent. Right, anything else you want to discuss from the SPL? Well, we just glossed over Motherwell, Greg. I think it's worth mentioning. It's too... uh... Two performances are best uh, best forgotten about, to be honest. I don't know what's happened just now. They're, uh, they seem to have gone sort of Jekyll and Hyde. And it's just chronic at the moment. Celtic coming up during the week. Pfft, not looking good. Is it Celtic we get to turn up, really? <laughs> I think even if it's the, if it's the lacklustre Celtic, I think there's more than enough in their locker to um, do away with us. I mean, Saturday with a bit of a makeshift defence, so to give them a, a bit of credit, it wasn't really a first-pick defence. But last last week against Dundee United, they could have won 4 or 5 nothing. If they'd not been for Randolph and three or four great saves in the second half, we would have been subject to a leathering. So, yeah, don't know what's going on just now. McFadden's back and we seem to have hit a, a downward spiral. So, I don't know. Make up your own mind. How did McFadden look? He looked all right. He looked sharp, looked fit. He only got... He got about 15, 20 minutes um, last weekend. I think he got the same at the weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, fitness-wise, it doesn't look as though it's a problem. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, McCall's got a decision to make during the week because 
to my mind, if we've got the guy in the squad and he's fit enough, we should be playing him for the start. What we've done the last two games is brought him on when we've been one or two goals down oh. when we're chasing the game. And that's not that's never been the type of player McFadden is. That's just doesn't suit his game. He's not going to dig in and uh, get involved in a midfield battle. That's just not what he does. I would I would rather see us if he's not fully fit, I'd rather see us stick him in for the start, even if he gets sixty minutes out of him and then haul him off, because I don't think I don't think 20 minutes, 15 minutes at the end of the game is really doing him or us any favours. Just now, I think a lot of players are also looking over their shoulder every five minutes, expecting expecting to be subbed, expecting that we come on, which I don't think is healthy either. But we'll see during the week. You know, it might just be one of these games that um, if he gets a start, he turns it on because these are the games he needs to do well. And I think it's a, it's a televised one during the week. Mm-hmm. So if he if he fancies himself for a move back to the to the English Premier League, which he's obviously got his eye on. It's games like this on Wednesday, he needs to start in and he needs to be one of the best players in the park. And at the moment, given the Celtic side and some of the players they've got, that's a pretty tall order. Hi, it's live on Sky Sports 4. Did you see that BT have bought the ESPN rights? Yeah. I think that's that could be quite good because I don't think you want the rights fragmented too much. I think yeah. having it with two, two big broadcasters is a good thing. I, th- I think that pretty much secures SPL for a while now because the worry was ESPN were just going to ditch it and leave yeah. British football. Whereas now it looks like there's going to be a channel there that will show up, which can only be good. Yeah, yeah. And if, if BT no win a lot of this 4G stuff that's that was up they for have. grabs as well, they don't got a lot of that. So you wonder whether they're going to that's going to form part of that particular package. Yeah, mm-hmm. aye, that's an well, uh, I'm just thinking about going back to thinking about uh, McFadden. He's, he's getting to the point he's not the only old boy returning to the SPL because uh, come on, I've seen Chris Boyd. Aye. Oh, aye, the best striker the SPL has ever seen returns. <laughs> <laughs> the stats are there. Bro. I can't argue with the stats, mate. He's up there. <laughs> the, the one stat that says he took about twice as long to get 164 goals, was it, in the SPL? Oh, Chris, uh, the best ever. He's just going to extend that lead. 134 tap-ins. Aye. And the rest are penalties. <laughs> they all count. Yep. 164 goals for Chris Boyd. Do you know how many of them came against Celtic? One. Ah, he was never fancied. Never <laughs> scored against Celtic for Kamarnock. Scored once in what was possibly the worst performance I've ever seen Celtic put in against Rangers. The problem with him is he's lazy. He doesn't contribute anything other than goals. Well, Which is fine. Be, it's fine. You know what? If you've got somebody like Miller alongside him and you can have two up front, but aye, that wasn't the case against Celtic. See, be fair to Boyd, I saw him score a goal because he was lazy once. I think it was at Dundee United or a League Cup final or something like that. Dundee United were one up and then played this stupid pass back, expecting another Rangers player to have ran it, except he was still in there. Is that no Mark Kerr? Yes, Mark Kerr played the pass aye. back. Indeed, it was. He passed was it. it through about three or four players. Aye, aye. you're right. Played by the keeper, and there was Boyd waiting on it because <laughs> you had had the ball coming out the penalty area. Remember there was a cup final where he went off, and he, he, at half time, and he said it was too hot to play football. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's good to have him back. He's he's not exactly the um, stereotypical athlete. No, but he is very good at scoring tap-ins. He's 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 a he's a striker that's in the right place at the right aye. time. And, the reason he's got so many goals is because he took so many of his chances. Um, he, he suffered. Uh, Alright, it was against the likes of St Marin and uh, suddenly I can't remember any other teams in the SPL. Uh, <laughs> on six sides. But he suffered when he decided that he wanted to improve his game by coming deep and trying to be a bit more, a bit busier. He suffered, he stopped scoring. Aye, but I don't know if that was his fault because there was certainly he kept getting dropped by Walter Smith because he wasn't performing in big games because he, he was deemed too lazy. Certain sections of the Rangers support were exactly like exactly the same thing, so maybe he was trying to adapt his game. Aye, yeah. I mean, it's an it's an easy um, it's an easy thing to throw at a player. Aye, he's lazy. Doesn't do this. Doesn't do that. You know what? Doesn't really matter. Cause see if he does nothing for eighty nine minutes, but for the other minute, sticks two goals away. Exactly. Who really cares? He just needs to set the rest of the team up round about him, which. Everybody's aware of his of his strengths and his weaknesses, so I'd imagine Kamarnik would be um, would be having that in mind. And I, I think it might be a decent move for them because Kamarnik are a side that can create chances. And if you get a guy like that in the box, there's nothing to say he's not going to stick his fair share of them away. So, be interesting to see what he does at the end of the season, though, whether he uh, hangs around at Rugby Park or whether he's he's uh, he's looking to go elsewhere. I wonder how they can afford them. 
Because I know that when Rangers offered him a contract, that he, he was having none of it, and he was off, and he was off to bigger and better things. Uh, I think he's been in the press they just the last sort of day or so, saying, I've made my money, but it's uh, cost me my career. Yeah, something along those lines. So. So, somebody at the weekend was saying that when he moved to, was it Portland Timbers? Aye. Is that where he was playing? Since? He was on something like $1.3 million for a season. Dollars, that is. Aye. So you're, you're talking... £900,000 for a season or a year, a year's uh, contract. MLS prints every wage, which is pretty good. You can yes. scan down and you can see every single player's wages. Pretty open. I don't know. Well, it'll be good to see how he gets on because I'm, I'm kind of curious because I haven't really seen him. I mean, he's, he's, he's not exactly set a header on fire anywhere else he's been because he never really had about him doing much yeah. in, uh, in America. He was Didn't selling know. mattresses, I think. Was it Middlesbrough he went to? Aye, Middlesbrough. Yep, yep. Seems to be the, the the graveyard because another man that seems to be making a comeback up uh, here is Kevin Thompson. Has he been training with Hibs? He has. I've not heard anything about him signing, but yeah, definitely yeah, training. But, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking Fadden, Boyd, Thompson. It's starting to get to be like. You ever watch uh, like TV series for years, and then towards the end of the last season, they show they, they start bringing back the old cast just to say goodbye. It's almost mm-hmm. like the SPL's about to say goodbye. Swan song. Ah, it's interesting that we're getting these players who were once really big just with no clubs. Like Craig Gordon's another one. Ah, he'll, like, be due, he'll be due back at Hearts to shortly, no doubt. Ah, if he can find a way a kid knowing he's under 21. Aye. It's maybe just the things coming home to roost in, in the years and years where football clubs were chucking about um, big money and players and gambling and players and then, you know, it's not it's not a massive outlay for clubs but then it's not paying off and they're just getting released because it's like, say, these guys that are now seeing coming back to coming back to the SPL as well. They're noticed up at Motherwell that um, Paul Slane's back at Motherwell training now as well. I, I don't know what happened. We haven't served at Chris. Did, did they release him? Or is he injured? <laughs> or, I, remember, he I remember him turning up in the books but... Ah, I mean, he was he went there initially but I think he was I think he was injured when he went. I don't think he ever really recovered from that and it's the same thing I mean I said at the time you can't really blame the guy he's probably getting quadruple the money he was on at Motherwell does that for a few years and then lo and behold he's, he's, he's back up there now he won't be very old and yeah, it's, it's, I don't know whether Motherwell would take a chance now again but he's certainly uh, capable enough to get a game for somebody else in the in the SPL so it's, it's maybe just this those years and years of lots of money sloshing about um, guys taking their money and then Suddenly coming back and thinking, do you know what? I'm actually not playing a lot of football here, which is kind of why I tried to get in the game in the first place. So there might be more and more flood back to the league. Yeah. Right, I'm going to have to move us on because I'm just looking at the time and we're a wee bit tight. So I'll move on to the SFL because that's what everyone listens in for. Hmm. Aye, first division where everyone's actually happening, other than like, every other division's decided. <laughs> aye, the first division's exciting, but I wanted to focus a wee bit on a negative point about the Dunfermline players putting in an official mm. complaint to the SFL over unpaid wages, some of them going back to October, which is That's very worrying. And then, so they're, they're, they're skint, and then the director, Gavin Masterton, comes out and says, there's just a short-term cash flow, but that the club is debt-free. He shouldn't be coming out and saying that when these guys have now... Go get a loan then. Aye, exactly. They should be able to get an overdraft if they're debt-free. Yeah, I mean, cash flow problems are pretty common. Throughout the league, I certainly know certainly in the SPL it's coming. I know Motherwell, I've not heard this officially, but I think Motherwell are on the cusp of asking for 150,000 from the Bell Society as a short term cash flow loan. Exactly what the society was set up for. I hasten to add, it's not an unusual thing, but they're now at the cusp of asking for that in the next month or so to try and shore up uh, shortcomings and payments and, and wages and all the rest of it. So, if, I mean, the SPL with the money they get coming in. Are struggling. It doesn't surprise me. The likes of first division clubs are, are, are almost going week to week in terms of paying wages and whatnot. Well, Hearts as well. They took a hit on Lee Hearts. Wallace. They accepted a hundred grand less to get the the payment a few months early, which is it's really even Wonga don't rip folk off that much. <laughs> <laughs> I there was an interesting um, thing I was reading through the week. There, I know this isn't actually happening yet, but. Obviously, with the, the changes to the administration rules, should Hearts go into administration, they wouldn't be docked 10 points, they'd be docked a third of the 52 points they got last season, which is 17, which would actually put them a point below Dundee. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's almost at the point that if Hart's yeah. going to administration, it makes the SPL interesting again. Oh, this is a point where Laurie would be bursting into but, tears. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it happening. I don't think Hart's are that bad. And I think the, the fact that they did do a deal with Rangers is probably going to make sure that they get through to the end of the season, at the very least. Yeah, according to McGlynn at the weekend, again, they interviewed him on the radio. They said, look, we're ticking over just now, but... Um, he didn't want to downplay the seriousness of the situation. I think Hearts as well are kind of going week to week at the moment and just about writing enough checks to keep themselves afloat. But uh, obviously, with the stuff with the you know with the um, Robnos companies and the administration, that's kind of worrying as well. Because if they decide to punt Tynecastle, which is let's face it, but the only asset that's there, then uh, you just wonder what the future holds for yep. for Hearts. Well, it's not. I don't fear for Hearts. Before me, that's certain. But I certainly, I dread to think what's going to happen to him in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Right, moving on to Division Two, and rather <laughs> just breezing over all the results. Oh, <laughs> forget, forget Morton pumping Dunfermline away from home. Yeah. Nah, we're tight for time, and oh, I wanted to move away from football, and I wanted to focus on Alola, and in particular Kevin Moon, who is pictured in the sun standing in a wheelie bin, a clip manager council. <laughs> Why? I'm guessing it was an ice bath. On a, a nice feeling, bin. <laughs> I need to post the, the picture on the forum. Oh, but it was a clean feeling, bin. They gave it a good wash before oh. he jumped in. <laughs> the office one never helped because I want to get beat. They did. Aye. Aye, as a picture of him, he's, he's got his jumper on, but you can't see he was down below. Shuffled away. So, aye, it's probably for the best if it was cold water. Aye, yeah. you're right. Right, sorry, that's a Division 2 roundup. There was a really bad. <laughs> right, down to Division 3. I've oh, got this disgraceful singing. Ruined my weekend, this nonsense. Aye, aye, there was some naughty singing <laughs> in the Rangers versus Rangers game. Rangers going their European travels. There's some naughty singing. Ray Stubbs was having none of it and he had to put in a, a complaint to the police. He went he went down himself. But, see, to be honest, I was, I was listening and there was the the song where they sing about the Pope. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do to the Pope. Sleep with him, I think. But then I didn't hear the the Billy Boys getting sung, but I, I presume that that's what, what everyone's referring to. Because I heard lots of singing, but I didn't hear that. And I'm not oh, sure what know. other sectarian songs there is. Hang on, right. See this song about the Pope? Aye. Am I right in thinking that one sings about there being no Pope? Isn't that factually correct as of <laughs> the end of this week? <laughs> <laughs> I bet they were just really in use. It's, like like it's like a topic news quiz, isn't it? That's done, it. In, uh, done in the style of a, a football crowd. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know that it's a, it's a cliche for a, a Rangers fan to say this, but yeah, I didn't hear the naughty singing. But then <laughs> that's mainly because I don't know the words to the songs. Hmm. I never know words. To I see, songs. that's what happens if you don't go. <laughs> I think I probably know the songs. <laughs> 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 the thing is, where I sit at Ibrox, you can't hear, really hear the songs. We're in the, the posher bit. Hang on, hang on. Where do you think I sit at when I go to Ibrox? <laughs> I sit about as far away from the Rangers fans at Ibrox as you can get. See, I'm not sure where the where the, where the, the Union Bears sit when the separate <laughs> fans are sitting there. I don't know um, where they get punted to. And you know the corner that away fans usually get? Yeah. They're usually in there. Oh, is that where they go? Right. Right, aye. But I, I can never work out what people are singing at grounds. But I, Rangers came out with an official statement saying they're disappointed. McCoy said he was disappointed, so... McCoy still said he wants a, a songbook. Uh, he wants, a, he wants a list of clean songs. Didn't Rangers songs? try that about five years ago? There was the Blue Book or something? I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there was a Blue Book came out that said, this is the songs you want to sing. No, I don't know. They had a Christmas album out. <laughs> it was, it's Christmas songs in the style of Rangers. That, that was quite good. I'm maybe get you that for this coming Christmas, Chris. <laughs> get one of them Right, so we'll move on for the naughty singing because I don't know what they sang. No, uh, the, we should point out that the Rangers beat Berwick three-one. Because that was hardly mentioned at the weekend. Too busy talking about singing. You're right. Uh, the the fullback Rangers fullback Argiru. He, the cross came in and decided to turn his back on the cross. It wasn't even a hard cross. It wasn't going towards his face. He turned his back on the cross, bounced off his back, and it was an own goal. It's the kind of <laughs> thing that you would see at, a, I don't know, a six-year-old level of football. The third division, maybe. <laughs> aye, in the third division, aye. But uh, Andy Little hit a superb left foot volley. 
it was, I think it was Dean Shields was holding it up in the corner and he, he laid it off for Wallace, who hit it first time and Andy Little hit it with his left foot, which isn't his strongest foot by a really good good goal. I posted a picture in the forum, which I stole from Twitter, which was Kyle Hutton. Posted a picture of a burst nose and a fat lip because he took a, a sore one to the face. His face was bright red, but he played on all right. And uh, Ross Perry burst his nose as well, which he just broke it not that long ago, so I don't know if that's um, done again. I've not heard. But uh, it was all right. Berwick Rangers should be proud because they've done really well. I thought they, they deserved more than what they got. 3-1 makes it sound maybe like Rangers were the, the better team, but I thought that it was fairly even, which is uh, surprising. Cause I, <laughs> I don't watch the third division. I, and Sterling Albion are off the bottom of the table. I see, that's the interesting bit of the third division, because obviously Rangers are running away with it, but uh, I've seen you tweeted me earlier, was it Saturday, I think you tweeted me actually, about the fact that the, the bottom of the third division seems to be really exciting, just the same there isn't a pyramid system. I know. But, uh, yeah. Aye, Sterling Albion get two wins in the midweek. I think East Sterling get two wins in, uh, through the week as well. Uh, and both of them beat Clyde at some point, so Clyde are now bottom of the league. Yep. And Sterling, they'll be getting three points on Tuesday tomorrow night because they're playing Rangers at Fourth Bank. Oh, that's what Rangers get beat last time. I was trying to get a, a <laughs> hang away on, hang ticket. On, is our manager getting married again? <laughs> we're trying to because <laughs> if, if he's at the game he's got no chance <laughs> I was trying to get an away ticket but I don't know I heard that there's home tickets left so I might turn up as a Sterling Albion fan see how that goes for the evening uh, it's worth a go I suppose <laughs> right so my reckoning is Celtic are 21 points clear Queen of the South are 21 points clear and Queen's Park are 22 points behind Rangers I think yes is that right Queen's Park have got two games Sheesh. in hand but <sighs> So, the, the first division's where it's at then, because Morton are tap, but Thistle are behind them, the games in hand, and can catch them if they win those games in hand. Yep. Right. That's, That's it, except we can't watch it. We can't watch it live. We can't, nope. I can't even discuss the highlights, because they... Can't get the highlights till Tuesday. It takes them a month, I think, to get them up, so... So, let's just move on and talk about the Scottish Cup, then. Aye. Scottish Cup games, coming up. I've not got them in front of me, so... I, I was going to say, you, you two can't talk about the quarterfinals, because you both look... No I, interest in the I, Scottish Cup. We've no interest <laughs> in the Diddy Cup. Right, so I'll go through the Scottish Cup then, because first game we've got is St Marin versus Celtic, and there's a, a little uh, chance for Celtic to get some revenge for being knocked out of one cup by St Marin already. Of course, it's a chance for St Marin to do a double. <laughs> in fact, St Marin could still do the double. In fact, technically they can still do the treble, although they are 33 points behind Celtic with 11 games left, so they can only win the league in goal difference. <laughs> <laughs> unlikely <laughs> quite a start it's like a snooker I know <laughs> I, 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 worked that, I was sitting working that out last night because uh, obviously Dundee got eliminated a few weeks ago St Mirren can only win at goal difference Hearts are a point ahead of St Mirren so they're nearly eliminated and the problem is the two of them play each other in midweek so one of them at least will be eliminated uh, by the end of Wednesday night is that how you work it out do you have a list of teams on your wall and you just cross them off as they can Aye. no longer win the league Aye, that's pretty much what <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> It's the only way of keeping, this in, uh, keeping the title race interesting. It's like, when can we win the league? Five Scottish football this year. Yeah, I suppose it, the SPL is good because every every other place is tight apart from bottom. Yeah, I keep saying that. I, I would love it if we had like a second Champions League place or something. But I suppose the only real prize is the fact that we haven't fixed the, the financial distribution of the SPL. So second place still gets loads. So that's worth playing for. And like pretty much anybody for a second to... Well, let's call it ninth now because St Mirren and Hearts are getting a wee bit detached. But anyone between those, it's like four or five points between them. Uh, right, back to the Scottish Cup. Aye, so Celtic visit St Mirren. Um, the last time we went to St Mirren, we won 5 0, so that'd be nice if that was a repeat. Uh, the other Saturday game is Hamilton versus Falkirk, so we'll get a first division team in uh, the semi finals. That's. Uh, I, I mean, if Falkirk were at home, I would expect them to win that, but. Uh, way to Hamilton seems to be quite a, a tricky place to go so I don't know what's going to happen there but uh, then the big games are on Sunday really because we've got the Dundee Derby at Dens Park biggie. big bomber Brown right. fan favourite <laughs> this, this is pretty much Dundee season right here because they're getting relegated I don't care what the, the, the nutcases at the, in the, the Dundee board say <laughs> they, they, want, they wanted to replace Barry Smith with someone that can keep them in the SPL yep. really? They couldn't get him, so they got a bomb. Who are they going to appoint Vladimir Romanov? 
<laughs> Isn't he a place to be Jesus? Lazarus, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Be it's been a great since. Oh, Alex Sam with my case. We're getting a oh, phone call right. again. I saw us on Sky Sports 1. It's a busy, right. day, a busy weekend for Scottish football. It's not bad, eh? Because we've got um, Rangers, Rangers at, at, at pretty much the same time Celtic are in Paisley. Aye. I'm going to have to get, get up early to go through to Ibrox. My turn for the season ticket. That's not fair. 12 o'clock start. What? That's a, that's a terrible kick-off, isn't it? Midday. That's, Dear me. Aye. So you've got Rangers, East Stirling, St Mirren, Celtic on Sky Sports 1, Dundee, Dundee United on the Sunday, Sky Sports 1. And then Kelly against Hibs on Kunso That's the second time this week they'll play because it's Hibs Kilmarnock on the SBL in midweek. <laughs> Aye. So that'll be interesting. A little double header between them. Uh, did we mention how long it's been since the Burnley won the Scottish Cup? Or is that cruel? Uh, well, there was trams. But it was, <laughs> but it was, the, <laughs> but it was, it was a horse-pulled tram. <laughs> there was trams in Edinburgh so Hibs last won it in 2025 mm-hmm. <laughs> is this time travel on this podcast now? I can't be too harsh on Hibs fans I've not got much else to cheer about yeah they knocked hearts out so I'm probably happy about that there are a chance there are as good a chance as any well no, Celtic will get knocked out so that's Celtic Marin. might get knocked out that's certainly not beyond the bounds of possibility Lamar Brown he's going to win so, what I have zero want to do is beat Kilmarnock, get the winner of Hamilton and Falkirk, and then they could be pretty much looking to get into the final then. Aye. You'd fancy Hibs to beat either a first division team on paper. And even if Celtic fluke it and get it to get to Hamden, you know what they're like I'm, there. I'm then. Rubbish, yeah. Aye. <laughs> the last time, or what's the plans next season for the finals for Hamden? Because I know oh, that. It's shut. Well, it's shut for, is it shut for the whole season. I don't know. I, I, I just hold them at Ibrox. Aye, a five-star stadium. That's a good choice, Chris. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking somewhere because Rangers. It's going to be neutral, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Rangers aren't going to be anywhere near a final. Aye, there's, there's only one team in Britain that gets the the, the uh, domestic cup final from the fourth tier, and it's Bradford City. <laughs> it's not Rangers. They're humped. Ah, they got humped, but at least they were there. Aye, I had my, I had a bet on them. They were good odds, but aye, rubbish. They were, they were wrong. <laughs> aye. Right, going to move on to the charity bet. We had Queen of South, Morton, and Forfa. And yeah, I think this... Egypt picked Forfa. Uh, me. Aye, sorry. Yeah, you chose Forfa. So, rubbish again. Right, Greg, me and you are you're, you're good at this. It's just. Oh, it's, aye. Uh, As our track record proves. Aye, right. Although, actually, at Disney. <laughs> well, you, your track record proves it because you've got the right result. I never. That's my fault. Right. So, you just pick a good one, and I'll just use my pin and blindfold today. I think I'm just going to stick to the weekend. Is that all right? Mm-hmm. Right, I'm going to go for Rangers at home. They're one to nine. One to nine. Ah, that's that's quite good odds for them at him. He's Sterling a wee run though. <laughs> yeah, East Sterling scored first the last time they went to Ibrox. That's scored true. a penalty. Yeah, because I nearly crashed the car driving back from the when they done it because I was laughing. I turned up late. I was looking for my seat, and everyone's all quiet. Then I think, no, what's going on? I'm going to go Dundee United against Dundee. Aye, that's not a bad bet. I thought to be even money, <laughs> getting even money on them. Ten to, uh, ten to eleven on them. Ah, oh, see, so you know, I'm going to need to pack one that's actually worth some money because you, <laughs> even money and what's one? Come on, it's Craig letting us down these. Oh. Uh, pick something else. Uh, you wished. Uh, a winner's a winner. You could have Queens Park home to Montrose oh. five to six. Aye, well, Chris can Montrose do that. Montrose are on a run or no? No, they're not. Montrose are on a run. Um. Let's go with Peterhead to beat Clyde. At least that's an away game. Let's see what's in that. Getting just a bit even, Peterhead. Ugh. 11 to 10. Right. Well, let me see, let me see. Let me work this out in my head. One, two, three, two, three, I carry in a three. Take away the three. It's <laughs> pence. Right, let's keep back. it simple. That's a bit. Right. We've been aiming high the last few weeks and we've no won it, so... Let's Aye. keep it simple. The 70 to 80 quid worth ones are getting nearer. So let's try and win the 40 quid worth. Right, that's what I'm liking the sound of that. So that's Rangers, Dundee United and Peterhead. Yeah, did Dan and, did Dan and no pump somebody at the weekend? Aye, 5-1. Uh, no, Montrose thumped Dan in 5-1. Is that where I was? I knew there was a thump in uh, Were you not listening to the SFL roundup? Unfortunately <laughs> 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 not. <laughs> you barely mentioned the first division score. 
I've switched off at the SPL. We're tight for time, Chris. That's uh, the role of the host. I've I've got to make these tough decisions. You sticking with Rangers? Ah, I am sticking with you. That's, that's a waste of time. Forty-four pounds. Ah, I'm no betting the Rangers because last time I bet the Rangers it drew. Right, that's that's done anyway. We're moving on. You'll be sweating into your eye ready crisps <laughs> at half past one on Saturday when they're getting goalless draw. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> the predictions for the SPL. We've got a game on Tuesday, Aberdeen against Ross County. I'm sure that's on the telly box. Yeah, now it's on ESPN. Right. And it's competing with Barcelona or Real Madrid. Right. Difficult. I might get my iPad it. No contest. Right, I'm going to go for an away victory because Ross County are going to win 2 1. Yeah, one each. Ah, I've got one each, you know. Then on Wednesday, we've got the, the rest of the midweek games. We've got Dundee against St Johnson away win 0 2. Yep, same for me. Uh, aye, St Johnson for me as well 3 1. You're betting the Dundee scoring? That's <laughs> brave. <laughs> As long as the officials get it right this time, they'll be all right. Oh, well, okay, the first leg, eh, Hibs versus Kamarnock. I'm going to go 2-0 to Hibs. I'll go tight 2-1. 1 each. Inverness against Dundee United. 1 each. Mm, Inverness got a win finally. I'm going to say 2-1 Inverness. Ah, it's a tricky one, this. Two sides going well. 2-0 uh, two... Dundee United. Motherwell against Celtic. I just don't know. Going to go 2-0 Celtic. Uh, like I said, depends what Celtic turns up. If a good Celtic turns up, might cuff him. If a bad Celtic turns up, you might you cuff him. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult for Celtic because if they not got the Champions League next week? Uh, aye. Because they can't right. exactly rest folk for the Scottish Cup. No, because the Scottish Cup's all about body left to play for. <laughs> so if anything, the Motherwell Celtic game is the wee game we've got coming up. Because yeah, league's done. Yeah, they they all know the matter, but league's done. Um, let's. I'll back my team two one. If you escape with a two one, I'll be delighted. Three nothing Celtic. And St Mirren against Hearts. This could mm. be an interesting. The cup one. final rehearsal. Very interesting. I think I'm going to go for two one to St Mirren. I'm going to say league cup final rehearsal that will probably tell us absolutely nothing and go one each. Uh, 1-0 And then on Saturday we've got Hearts against Motherwell I'm going to go for uh, 2-0 Motherwell. Motherwell I'm going to sit in the fence and go one each but I'm waiting to see what Greg says The way these uh, the defences of these two teams are playing it could be could be a cricket score for either side it really could um, That being said we need to turn this around at some point I can't see us doing it midweek <sighs> I got two nothing, Motherwell. That's showing your lack of confidence because usually you've gone for hearts to get cuffed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you're going for one one, Chris? I'm going one one, no. Right. Then we've got Ross County versus Inverness. It's very interesting because Ross County are sneaking up on mm-hmm. Inverness. Hmm. Interesting. It depends really. A lot of this depends on the midweek results, doesn't it? Well, Do you we maintain the and... momentum? Oh, right, I'm going to go for 2-1 to Ross County. I'm going to say exactly what I said the first time this fixture came round, and it's, this is a rearranged fixture, obviously. I'm going to say 2 each. Uh, Ross County's pitch is a disgrace. Got a fancy the home side. Yeah, 2-1. There's a, a Motherwell fan talking about pitches. Isn't it that bad compared to summer of this season? I was surprised we struggled so much at the weekend. I thought we'd have been right at home playing in that beach. It's <laughs> Pedodri, you want to avoid. It's a shocker, that right. pitch. As I, But I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do when it gets to that level. Because you can obviously try and stop it getting that way. But in the middle of winter, it's just not going to grow. That's e- possible. Even when the like you get teams like Celtic and... I don't know if Rangers do it in the third division when they wheel out those lights. I don't know how much growing you get under those lights. Oh, you get cracking going because the pitch itself the part's fantastic. Aye, uh, I don't know. <laughs> when it was uh, when Motherwell went through their spell having a, a horrendous pitch, they they contemplated um, putting green sand in on it at some point, just so it didn't look so bad in the telly because the whole thing was just covered in. 
Come up with white sands. Celtic will have some of that, I'm sure. Green sand? Aye. Don't surprise me. <laughs> right, I want to give a wee plug to something on the forum. Uh, there's an official Android app out for the forum. You need to go to the Google Play Store and search for Scottish Football Forums, surprisingly, and you can download it. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. So, there you are. There's my plug. It's good. And oh, and leave a review if you actually download it, because there's only one review and it's from me. So it looks a bit <laughs> suspicious. Because uh, I gave it five stars. I, I gave it five stars. I would, but I've got an iPhone, so I can't. Uh, uh, Greg was meant to believe in a review, but he's no. No, yeah, no. I, I downloaded it this morning and uh, I had some teething troubles with it. Nothing to do with the app, just more to do with me being a fud. And. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, well, I don't want to bring this up to the podcast, but I've, I've been having issues. Oh, well. No. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I think it's just my dodgy internet connection to the work that's given me problems. But no, download the app, it's good, very good. <laughs> just ignore everything <laughs> Greg said. <laughs> uh, Thanks for that. Can it be an in-person bug report? The <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> thing is, the magic button doesn't even cut out things like that nah, so I'm not joking it's my, it's my dodgy it's my dodgy 3G connection that works nothing to do with the app right and if, was, if you're not already a member of the forum get aye, what's up with you if you're not a member of the forum what's up with you aye get yourself you can log in using your Facebook if you're lazy or if you're even lazier you can use your Twitter or you can if, put in an if, email address if you're listening to this and you're, you're not registered in the forum you must be some sort of imbecile <laughs> So get on, get registered. It's yeah. all right. Nobody listens to this bit because remember last week I talked about the hashtag. Oh, so there's only one person. There's only one person mentioned it, Greg. So you are money. <laughs> Did somebody Sorry. actually mention that, bro? Because I, I searched for it like, a couple of days afterwards. Couldn't I've, find anybody that said it. It was on Facebook though. Oh, that doesn't count then. Hashtags on Facebook. I see ah, people just... with hashtags on Facebook. They need punched. That's null and void. I can't, I'm not paying <laughs> right. that. It's not as bad as those that use hashtag in real life. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Do you put your fingers up as a rehash? Well, I don't know. I'm not into drugs. I don't know. <laughs> right, that's us got to the end. Thank you very much for coming on, Chris. That's no bother. Thank you very much, Greg. My pleasure. And if you're the one listener that listens, Flo, if it's you, thanks for listening. Is that your mum? <laughs> Oh, sorry, Andre Flo. I think that's why he's called Flo. It's not his oh, name. Oh, right, yeah. I thought, I just thought, oh, here's mum's name or something. It's your mum who listens to your podcast. <laughs> no. No, my mum used to listen, but then I think I said a swear word and she wasn't too happy. Ah, right. Doesn't she put you over your knee, eh? It's not that kind of family. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. I'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Cheers.